Hey, welcome to the 1138 Podcast, a podcast where I interview people I know who have lived great lives for God. My hope is to encourage you to go forward in the name of Jesus with your life. The world is not worthy of my guests, and I hope you're encouraged as you listen. My name is Rudy, and thanks for catching up with me. Hey, welcome to the 1138 Podcast. My name is Rudy, and I get to host this show. Hey, I recently I interviewed my good friend Mark Hagen, and um, Mark and I have known each other for many years now. I think we met back in the fall of 1992 or the spring of 1993 when I joined Live Oak Church. Uh, Mark was the pastor at the time, and he has had a huge influence in my life. Uh, you'll hear that in the interview, and if you ever spend time with me personally, you, you'll probably hear some Mark Haganisms that I've passed on to you. But Mark and I spend time in this interview uh, talking about some recent um, events in life and just some encouragements on how to keep going in life. Um, but also, we dive back into the past a little bit and have an emotional time together. And um, I can just tell you, I love Mark and his family. He's been a huge influence in my life, in in my ministry. Uh, he's pastored me, he's mentored and discipled me. He's built into my life for more than 20 years now. And um, Mark and I have stayed friends. And so over the last 10 years, even though we've been apart, uh, Mark's still playing a huge and a big part of my life. So uh, I very much appreciate him, and I'm glad we got a chance to get together. This is an emotional interview, so if you know Mark, I hope this helps you catch back up with him and I. And if you don't know Mark, um, I really appreciate you listening, and, and just um, hopefully the, the podcast, this interview, will uh, encourage you to go forward in the name of Jesus. So, have a listen. Welcome to the podcast, Mark. Hey, it's good to be here, Rudy. It's good to see you again. Yeah, it really is. I know we haven't talked that much in the last year, but we have talked a few times recently, and that's been really encouraging to me. Um, you know, I asked you to be on this podcast because I want to help people be encouraged in the Lord and keep going in their faith. And, you know, I've known you for a while. I, it, In my estimation, I had to have met you probably the fall of 1992 or spring of 1993, somewhere around there. Do you happen to have a memory of when we met? I do not remember the first time we met. Maybe I had that memory at one point, but as <laughs> old as I am, those memories fade. <laughs> the memories I do have of you, Rudy, are all good. Oh, you're you're too kind because that's probably not fully true. <laughs> no, no, I I too. I was thinking about getting a chance to talk with you again and thinking specifically on this podcast and just thinking, man, Mark, you, you probably don't realize how many Mark Haganisms come across my mouth, my lips, definitely my mind over, you know, on a, probably on a weekly basis, to be honest. Um, but I always think about basketball games. You, you had that quick, quick release from three, you know, quick release from three. <laughs> uh sandwiches at your table yeah and and to this day we we freeze our loaves of bread we buy loaves of bread and we freeze them to use later so they don't go bad that's a mark hagan kristen hagan thing of course hours in your office um fasting times that came to mind recently i was talking to somebody about seeking the lord's will and just just the dis spiritual disciplines and i thought back to how you led live oak to I don't know the camp name that we used to go to, but there was that local place. Yeah. Do you remember the name? Uh, what was 
was that camp. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that you could go out for. It was specially geared for prayer and fasting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we would go out there. I know I went several times more, probably less than I should have gone and, and you know, could have gone more. Um, but just working together in the gospel. And so I wanted to start this podcast because as I've kind of taken inventory of my life, I've just thought, man, Lord, you have been so good to me. You've put so many good people in my life over the years. And and when I read Hebrews 11.38, and the word, you know, Hebrews 11 has all these names, as we know, um, but then it has a lot of unknown, unnamed people, many, many. And even uh, David, David just gets like a mention in there, you know. And so you just think, OK, here's all these old time saints uh, that none of us know their names are not recorded. Uh, but but the word says the world was not worthy of them. Yeah. And that has always struck me for basically the last 20 years. And so I thought, let me interview some of my friends or people I know who are doing great things for the Lord, continue to walk with the Lord, uh, trusting Him with their lives. And, and honestly, I just believe the world's not worthy of. Um, that's true of 1138 of all those saints unnamed. And I think it's true of you. Thank you. What do you, think, what do you think about that scripture? What do you think about those thoughts? Wow. Well, uh, I really appreciate that. And um uh, you know, um, the uh, Hall of Fame there in Hebrews chapter 11, all those people, I mean, just to, uh, to think about, you know, that even there's so many unnamed people like you, me, and others to be part of that. Wow, that's, that's the, God honors even the unknown people, the nobodies, yeah. us, you know. We can include yeah. them in there. That's just really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and when I think about like lives like ours, and maybe you're not in the same category as me, but I, I don't think the world's going to even know about us. And frankly, I don't really even care. You know, yeah. that's that's not yeah. what I'm living for. I don't think that's what you're living for. But nevertheless, I think the world's not worthy. And um, I don't know. So to me, I think it's true of you. Um, and and many others that we know together, many friends that we know together. So, okay, maybe putting you on the spot in light of those words. Okay. And, and I think this is a difficult question, but what do you think is your greatest accomplishment? Oh, my greatest accomplishment. I think most people would uh, initially gravitate to answer that question by uh, thinking through what are some of their their gifts or talents. Yeah. that they've, they've done and God used them to accomplish uh, um, great things that we would say, great things for God, things that can be measured um, externally, mm -hmm. you know, a number of lives that we have impacted uh, in good ways and for the Lord, um, uh, people we've helped, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I wondered if you asked the Apostle Peter that question. Okay. And he was in heaven, and he could give the accurate answer to that. Yeah. And think about Peter, and you would ask him, Peter, what was your greatest accomplishment? And mm -hmm. you're thinking through his life, and you're thinking, well, wow, all those, you know, demons he cast out, those miracles he did, that maybe those are it, you know, raising mm -hmm. from the dead. Yeah. Uh, he, God used him to 
get the gospel out to the, the Gentiles, a whole people group. I mean, we're talking basically the whole world except for the Jews. I mean, God used them. Maybe that, he'd say that's his biggest accomplishment. Yeah. Maybe it was, um, I, I don't know, just, just seeing a preaching on Pentecost and yeah. seeing uh, 3,000 people saved. But I don't think he'd mention any of those. Uh, Surprisingly, I wonder if he would have said my greatest accomplishment was, you know, after I denied the Lord three times. Uh, and a few weeks later, you know, I was having breakfast with the Lord, me mm. and the disciples. And, um, and that was really a tough time for me because I, I had just really blown it. And mm. I was down in my life at that time and jesus asked me to follow him uh, and at that point i had a decision to make uh, and it just took all the grace and to just make that decision to say okay yeah i'll follow you mm -hmm. i just wonder if that was my greatest accomplishment if i'm speaking wow. apostle peter or perhaps let me another scenario maybe my greatest accomplishment was when the Apostle Paul rebuked me for in Galatians, mm. for siding with mm. kind of this Jewish faction, and I was just kind of drifting a little bit in my doctrine, and I was reproved, yeah. and I responded to that reproof. I wonder if those might be his greatest accomplishments, those private yeah. things that he did in his heart. Um, so anyways, that's the Apostle Peter. I don't know if that's what he'd say or not. Yeah. And I look forward to heaven and seeing what God says are my greatest accomplishments and God uh, me. But as I think back on my life, yeah. and I've had a privilege to do a lot of, lots of things for the yeah. Lord, mm -hmm. there's a season of life of which you're very well acquainted yeah. that I might point to my greatest accomplishment because yeah. it was my greatest season of difficulty yeah please share if you're willing okay i'll take you back to about 2004 mm. um here we were on um serving the lord together here in austin live oak bible yeah. church uh you were um uh campus minister on campus staff and i was mm -hmm. pastor of live oak bible church mm -hmm. and uh about that time uh, our church began to um just kind of going to a decline. Um, mm. We just were, we were not seeing um, college kids saved or come to the Lord. Our student mm. group was shrinking. Mm -hmm. You were working very hard and diligently going out mm. off and alone on campus. I commend you for that. That mm. might be your greatest accomplishment. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Persevering. That, that was, that was so inspiring to me, but, uh, mm. but um it was just a really tough time um, for the ministry as we saw shrinking numbers. Yeah. And there was other difficulties with some of the members in our church, as I won't mention any. Mm -hmm. uh, here, but that was very difficult. Mm -hmm. There was a series of trials that began to pile up, at least for me personally. Church, um, uh, um, uh, leaders, members of the church, um, 
my, well, I had some health issues. I think part of it was just getting older, but other things were kind of just harder health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, some real struggles in um, just parenting my children. That's mm-hmm. my, uh, my oldest son, mm-hmm. um, Marshall. He was um, about to graduate from high school, and he was just trying to um, kind of find himself. And, and I was trying to figure out how to be this dad to a son type of thing. And mm-hmm. I, I figured that out. But those were really tough times as, as I went through those times with my son. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then on top of that, all it just seemed like that very difficult time. It seemed like God just moved away from me. Mm-hmm. What theologians call the dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. Difficult to describe there's there's whole books and all written about it which can do job than i could but just seemed like god had just moved away from me it's just there was silence there was darkness there was all these problems and um Mm. i'm beginning to feel overwhelmed and then in 2006 on november 22nd i spent some extra time with the lord and i was just I just felt like the cloud lifted, and mm. um, and I just I just felt reinvigorated, and God was close to me. Mm. That afternoon, I began to, um, uh, to to work on my sermon. I was going to cover Genesis chapter um, the for the end of Genesis with Joseph and and, mm. his, and how he was proclaiming how uh, God mm. negative things in his life for good and that type of thing. As mm. I was that sermon. I got a phone call. It was from a very distressed individual. He said, your sons have just been in a terrible accident. <sighs> and, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Your, your one son is dead and your other son is badly burned. You were with me during that whole season, as you know. Yeah. I think uh, I remember Job's words. Mm. Um, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Mm. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. I said those. Um, I believed them. And so I continued to follow the Lord. It was very difficult the next few months. Um, you know, it's not, I didn't feel I was able to really pastor or preach anymore. He had a son in the hospital, uh, a loss of a son. The, the dark night was pitch black. Mm. So maybe my greatest accomplishment was to uh, still follow God. Yeah. More than anything else I did, church plans or whatever else. We'll find out in heaven. Mm. I appreciated your help during that time Mm -hmm. and the years. And, uh, 
other Christians were great. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, Thank you, you for sharing. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's that's a. Yeah, just well said. Thank you. I I remember arriving at the hospital. We were we were grocery shopping at H E B when I think Beth Cobus called another mutual friend of ours, called Brooke and um we just broke down there in the aisle. If I recall correctly, we rushed over as soon as we could to the hospital. And I, what, what I'll never forget um, was the hug, we, how we embraced, you and I embraced in the, in the hallway. And you may not remember that, but I, I remember it as, as one of those profound moments of just despair, but... Um, the power of God. There was it was it felt sacred even in the moment. And as I've looked back and thought back on that, um, I, I can't shake it. It's I, I can feel the embrace um, in, in that moment. And and I remember thinking we can't let go. Um, so thank you for sharing. Um, obviously, that's a, a a great impact on. On your life. Yeah. Um, Just for clarity to the yeah. listeners that don't know it, <clears throat> is my 20-year-old son that was killed. Mm-hmm. My 18-year-old son was driving, and he was uh, badly burned, uh, which um, he has some scars from those burns, but he's healed. It's mm-hmm. been uh, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, his heart takes longer to heal, um, and probably still in the process. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, that was oh six. Yeah, yeah. So I've, you're you're obviously still um, emotional as we all are. Um, do you have any thoughts on? I don't even know how to ask this, but what what's what's today look like for for you for your family as it relates to Marshall and and that accident. <clears throat> Um, well, I mean, you never get over it. You still remember it. The, um, the cemetery is just a few minutes here from our house. And so we, as a family, go there often. Mm -hmm. I just had a, uh, a granddaughter buried over there, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. months ago. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I bought a plot for myself and for Mm -hmm. my, right next to our son. So, um, death has a very purifying effect, mm-hmm. uh, as you know, Rudy. Um, so, uh, the effect on the family is multiple levels of effect. Though, you know, of course, you never get over. Like I said, we're still grieving and healing, even mm-hmm. though um, many years. Um, I feel better because um, as time goes on. I'm getting closer to this reunion of meeting my son and mm-hmm. family members and so many loved ones. So uh, the uh, 
the first days and weeks and months just seemed like they crawled along. It seemed like it'd be so long till this reunion would occur. Of course, you never know when the Lord's going to take us, but mm -hmm. I was in my 50s, so it, uh, so yeah, a while ago. Mm -hmm. Now I'm much older, and you know I I know I'm closer. I don't know how close, but I'm closer, mm -hmm. closer to being with the Lord. And um, so there's as as that uh, heavy weight of grief of it just occurring it, on one end of the scale. It's kind of gradually lifts as we get closer to our time of departure. Mm -hmm. There's hope and there's encouragement and expectation. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the, the hope is, is now heavier on the scales than the grief. They're, they're you know, both there. But as time yeah. goes on, I know this weight of hope and expectation and excitement is getting greater and greater and heavier and heavier. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's one thing I would say. Jed, you know, that makes me think of um, the Apostle Paul's words of, oh, death, where is your sting? It, do you think there's a sense of the sting? Not that, like you said, it's not, um, it's not gone. You're not over. You haven't forgotten. There's still, there's still a, a prick. Yes. But I wonder if the prick, I, I don't know. I, I've never thought about that, but I wonder if the prick, you know, maybe it's like a, like the splinter that's in and you're kind of like, well, it's just there. It's kind of going to be there. Or maybe like, it's just duller or I, I don't know. But do you have a sense for that? Is there, yeah, I where think, is this thing? It, it, yeah, well, yeah it, it's, it's coming still, and it's going to do something else for us. Like being stung by like a, a bee or something like that. I think the the pain is usually most intense immediately following. Um, but over time, it does dissipate. You maybe it still hurts. You can still feel it, but it does gradually dissipate. That that sting. Mm -hmm. um, and I, of course, I don't think it's completely removed until we're we're gone. But mm -hmm. yeah, you're absolutely right. What are your thoughts? Um, and we're going to get to some theology here, maybe, but um, which I know you like. I know you like that. So, um, but what 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 are your thoughts on um, on the thought you just shared, and put that together with uh, the reality that Jesus sits enthroned right now with with um, Pierce side holes in the hands, holes in the feet, uh, as he showed to Thomas, as we know in the scriptures, and, and to the other disciples. Um, and, and in other words, um, the risen one, the savior of the world, Jesus himself bears the marks forever. Yeah. You know, that's my understanding. I think that's your understanding. Um, what are your thoughts regarding that for the believer who who we know some will barely escape and be in, 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 in the presence of the Lord, and some will be there a little bit more cleaner, if you will, on, the, on our cloaks. Either way, we all have these scars. Yeah. We all have these things. Yeah. And, and do you have a thought on that? Like what – how does that – because we know there's no pain. Yeah. Right? And, and that sting, like you said, is gone, and that mourning is gone. And yet 
I almost, I don't know. I have some thoughts on it. I've thought about it with my parents, but I'd love to hear your thoughts if you well, know where that's going. I love that question, and I, and I think um, I don't know the answer, but questions like that are really um, fun just to think about. Yeah, the wrestle with, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, the think about Jesus. And if he still has the marks, I don't know for sure, but uh, yeah. he did after the resurrection. I don't know if the ascension changed that. Or yes, not, right. He still has the, the marks. Those marks, um, those are for me and for you. Yes. Unlike any marks that we could possibly have, I don't know if we would have any, but, but, but those marks um, mm. are for those those have our names written on them in one sense. Those are extremely yeah. personal. And Jesus is, mm. I think he's just more personal and intimate with us than we are with him. Mm. As, as intimate as we'd like to be with him, he knows us better and he knows our sin better. Yeah. Uh, he, cause he knew the full extent of the pain and, uh, that's just going to be, that's just thrilling. Mm-hmm. Think about, I mm-hmm. haven't figured it out, but just thrilling to think about meeting Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and, you know, the one who completely knows me. Mm. And and, uh, and I will just uh, take another step of getting to know him. Of course, mm-hmm. never completely get to know him, but just mm-hmm. plunging into the infinite abyss. Mm-hmm knowing jesus and the triune god yeah that sounds great yeah 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 i've wondered because i think you know this about my life um i think because of my parents specifically my dad and his illnesses um as a in my entire life he he was sick it seems like um yeah i um I think I've just thought a lot about how he didn't seem to waste, and that that sounds so strong, but that's how I think of it. Um, didn't seem to waste a day of life um, worried about his left leg growing back. And that's the and that sounds dumb, but you know, yeah. I mean, it's just like or or any version of that. And and certainly, I think if he had if his injury had happened in more modern times, things would have been different, probably. Right, the the uh, prosthetics and all of the. Yeah. Modern medicine would have helped differently, but at the time that wasn't the case. And take that over under the sovereign will of God. That that was how it was. Um, but when I think about my dad, I think, gosh, he just didn't seem to worry that much about his leg coming back. Yeah. This side, yeah, of the grave, right? And 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 there's a part of me that thinks. And and I think it comes from you, to be honest, back in the day. But um, there's a part of me that thinks we, it, it's even changed now that perhaps we're fairly obsessed with healing this side of the grave. Yeah, uh, that's my opinion, and it's not very popular, Timothy. <laughs> but but um, I don't mean to offend any person yeah. that wants to listen to this podcast. Yeah. But but there's a part of me that thinks. Um, what what do you think of that? Is, do you think that's fairly true? We tend to put a lot of emphasis on everything needs to be figured out and fixed this side. When, when gosh, for the believer, we have, yeah. we have what you just said in eternity to not only bask in his glory and his presence, but also 
to receive the fullness of healing that 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 happens in that twinkle of an eye, that blink of an eye as we cross over. So, do you have a thought? I don't know. Well, you know, like like probably just about anything else in life, I think there's a balance to this particular issue. Mm. And uh, uh, my wife, who's very much into um, health and wellness, being a registered nurse and a registered dietitian, she really. Um, sees the need for Christians to be good stewards of their bodies, good stewards of their health, eating mm. properly, exercising, all of that, so we can um, um, work hard in the kingdom of God as yeah. God allows. Yes. Uh, of course, on the other side of it, there's the overbalance, the kind of the health and wealth gospel, where, yeah. as you were alluding to, there is just... Um, an overly emphasis on that, and um, uh, and especially in our particular culture, we live in a in the West in America where there's a youth-dominated culture, and yeah. and we're with youth, and so being young and fit and beautiful and athletic and all those things, I do believe are elevated too highly and often made as idols. Uh, mm. And so when people have idols like that, and many Christians have the idols of, of, of health and looks and that type of thing, God will remove those idols one way or the other. The, mm-hmm. one, the, the best way he does in removing that is simply aging. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, aging, yeah. It, it, aging yeah. is going to take care and root out some of those idols. Praise mm-hmm. God he does that. Yes. Uh, you know, you, you try to put out of your mind aging, but we're all going to get older. And I particularly, I like old age, actually. I mean, there's some downsides to it, but I'd much rather be 62 than 22. And that might yes. shock some people, but I, 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 I'd much rather. I, I like getting older in the Lord. It's just, it's, it's mm. better. It's more fulfilling. Yeah, yeah my body, it, it has more creaks. It has, you know, I, I can't do on the basketball court what I used to. In fact, I can't do hardly anything anymore. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, I do miss that. But overall, uh, it is it is it is better getting older, and that's okay. kind of our culture. I realize that. Yeah, I, I I agree. So so I've got a question for you then, uh, because I recently uh, was talking with a mutual friend of ours, Mark Nodine, and I hope to get him interviewed at some point. But um, he said, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but he said something to the fact of um, um, starting to identify more with the older man in the scriptures. So you read the epistles and Paul charges young men, old men, old women, young women, and with various charges and, yeah. and various versions of that through yeah. the epistles. Yeah. And he said it was kind of recent for him that he started identifying there. I'm curious, do you have a sense for that? Because you just said you're you like getting older. You're an older guy now. Yeah. yeah. But but I don't think of you as old. So my question is, how do you see yourself as it relates to the scriptures and Paul's charges? It's providential you brought that question up because just in my quiet time two weeks ago, when I was reading through the epistles and I was reading through the book of Titus. Mm. And, uh, in chapter two, it starts out by saying something like, and now older men are to be you know, dignified, respectable, that type. 
And, and you I, skipped right ahead there. You just like, that's not for me. I'm going to move ahead. <laughs> no, I stopped right there. And I think it's the first time in my life I stopped and I thought, I clearly fit in that category right now. Okay. And, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm glad to fit in that category. And I thought of the ramifications of that, um, uh, especially in light of um, my, my new job. I'm going to be starting here uh, mm -hmm. soon. Um, and just thought, you know what, I, I, I'm an older man and I want to, there's certain, um, age appropriate behavior mm -hmm. for older men that's different than younger men. And of course there's certain gender specific, not to get too controversial here, but certain gender specific behaviors and attitudes for men or, uh, or women. So uh, yeah, I, I think I just, just, this struck me about the older men thing just two weeks ago. Two weeks. Okay. So, because something that I've been, um, thinking about when I, you know, I'm still in this college ministry world at, at some level and I, I go to these conferences and anytime I go at this point, um, you know, I don't know more than half the people in the room anymore. And and I find myself wanting to talk to guys older than me, and and I'm just I just ask them questions about life and marriage and I mean the nitty gritty yeah. stuff that we're not going to talk about here on this podcast, but you know, but maybe we can talk on the side about, yeah. but uh, but other other things because um, because I, I'm I'm 45, so I don't consider myself old either, but certainly. I'm older than I was right when I, when we started. So, um, yeah, so it's interesting two weeks. So that's helpful. You're, you're, you're the second person in my life that is around your age that has said it's been a recent occurrence. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what are your thoughts for someone like me then? Cause how old are you now? 63, 62, 62. So, and I'm 45, I'll be 46. So we're a few years apart, but what it, so you look at my life and you say, okay, so this is what you ought to expect. What are some road markers in the next uh, 15 years or so? Oh, I don't, there's whole books written about that, Rudy. There uh, are, but I don't need to read the books. I've got you on the podcast. So <laughs> this is meant to encourage us to keep going. What are, what are the road markers that we're going to, I'm going to see, and you're going to say, yep, that's what you're, it's probably coming. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts? Oh, road markers, you mean like, well, what are some things that will be significant life events that'll say, hey, I'm getting older, or this is these are some things I, I, I want to do uh, differently based on my age now. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, some advice to keep me going to your age. And then two weeks, around 62, yeah. I'm going to wake up and go, oh, Titus 2, that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas maybe now I'm kind of like, eh, yeah, I, it's coming. Right, right yeah. sure. Well, uh, of course, when I was your age, 45, I was here pastoring the church in Austin, and we were very much involved with uh, campus ministry and youth ministry for uh, really until I retired uh, just five years ago. Um, and at that point, um, there's a real change there. I, I felt like I really wanted to get involved with um, a fellowship or a church that had a lot of people that were my age or older. Yes. And, uh, and, uh, and God just did not lead me to do that. Uh, be previous to that because I felt God had called me to be in um, youth ministry or, or younger, being around younger folks. That's just how God shaped me, mm -hmm. and that's where I was at. Um, 
so Krista uh, uh, and I joined this church. Um, it had a lot of young people, but it also had a lot of people our age and older. And we just really enjoyed being able to be part of a small group where they were talking about the same things that we were talking about and going through. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, with a college student, they have certain things that they they think about a lot and certain stresses and certain desires and hopes. When people are older, I notice in our small group with people more my age or a lot of them, most of them are older than me, there's themes like um, grandchildren. Mm-hmm. They were, their ministry took on a, uh, a, a their ministry towards grandchildren really became a priority in their mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. Uh, as much if not more than even ministry in their individual local church. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, some of them had actually moved great distances to be part of the local church because their grandchildren were there and they just wanted to invest. Uh, so that's just one example. I think there's other things, but I think grandchildren, um, mm-hmm. once you're kids get married and start having children, that's a, a, a signpost. So that's a, a road marker that, hey, I'm getting older and there are some some new desires and some uh, new opportunities mm-hmm. uh, to be involved. And I, I have, I've just kind of jumped whole hog into that, mm-hmm. uh, that ministry with grandchildren and having mm-hmm. uh, uh, nine grandchildren. Just, uh, I love it. Uh, I got mm-hmm. uh, four of them next door and one living right here in this house with me now. And I try to get as much time as I can with them and building into the, the next generation that way. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's just so exciting. Um, so that that makes me think of this idea of seasons. Yeah. Okay. And, and I don't know if you remember, but again, one of the things I remember you, I think it was you preaching out of Ecclesiastes uh, 20 something years ago or something. And I remember it being the first time I thought, um, oh, seasons. Like there, there's there's a, a periods of time that it seems like the Lord works in. And I love to garden. Okay, so I love to garden now. I've been doing that for years. And um, and certainly there's seasons in gardening. You, if you don't follow the seasons, you you have basically no hope of getting a crop, right? And um, but so too in life, right? It seems like. I mean, I believe that wholeheartedly. Oh my! You know, Ecclesiastes is my favorite book of the Bible. I'm loving it. I love it. Okay, there's probably not too many people on the planet that are that are as weird as I am, but I love it. It is so encouraging. There is such wonderful wisdom in there. Amen. Uh, and the whole, the whole, the whole topic of seasons and seasons of life is is not only in chapter three, but sprinkled throughout that book. Yes. And, uh, yeah, God, according to his word, he measures things by seasons. We see that in Genesis when he sets up mm. the, the moon and the the, uh, the the stars. And there's certain things that are set up by seasons. Recently, we've developed something called the clock. And that's <laughs> more by minutes. I think I've got a watch here. It does yeah, it right. does that for me. Yeah. It's okay. That's not anathema. I, I use watches and you know I, stuff like that. Yeah. Fine to be punctual. But, yes. Uh, but uh, sometimes we we forget we can have our whole world oriented by this 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 pressure of this mm-hmm. law that is an invention of man. It's a good invention. 
Um, but God has a much longer range and broader perspective mm -hmm. towards time. Uh, and of course, he's infinite in time. But for man, it seems like he instructs man to orient orient things based on seasons. And we even see this in the Old Testament. There are certain festivals, and they were mm -hmm. added up by kind of the agricultural seasons and take a little bit uh, bigger and longer perspective uh, towards life and towards our goals, towards our ambitions, and recognize that things change, just like there are certain things in spring that are very different from winter or the other fall, whatever the other seasons. Mm -hmm. So to life, there are, there are changes that, that there are certain things that I so desperately wanted in the spring of my life. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm in the fall, I thought, how can I care about those things so much? I really care about these things in the fall now, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that we, just, we don't realize the, the, the changes that can take place. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And, and you, again, I, you don't, you, you haven't been there with me when I've passed that on so many times and I, and I just hold on to it wholeheartedly. One of the questions that, I don't know how to answer, but I'm curious if you could answer and, um, and, and you might not be able to, um, but I, this, these are the words I generally use when I speak of seasons. I generally say it's some period or length of time, usually beyond what we think it ought to be. Um, in other words, like minutes or days or hours or hours or days or even weeks. It seems like to me, seasons oftentimes last months to years, maybe even decades, when you take the Lord's perspective. But but here's, I guess my question I, I, I'm asking with that is, um, is when somebody is in a difficult season, and, and, and that's, we all go through that. Yeah. And, and I meet with, uh, let's say a 20 year old that's in a difficult season, and they're just wanting to change. They want fall to move to winter, winter to move to spring. And um, it just doesn't seem to be that way a lot of times. And and when they when they ask when they're looking for the season to change, I find that they really want it to change within days or hours or or weeks, even maybe even months. And I oftentimes bring a thought of seasons and I say, it's probably longer yeah. than you think. But how short can a season be? How long do you find them to average? Like, for example, the, the, the four seasons, they're averaging three yeah. months, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's not true always, yeah. you know. And so what are your thoughts? Do you have a thought on that? Well, I, that's, a, that's a great question. When I think about trials, when I think about trials, I also think about a corresponding word that's often mentioned. Now, maybe it's kind of in some of the older versions. But when I think about trials, God usually includes the word long suffering. Yeah. Long suffering. Okay, that mm -hmm. means a long time. If if it's short suffering, then it probably wasn't really a trial. Uh -huh, you know? uh -huh. um, so um, as I was just looking at yeah. James 1 yesterday, uh -huh. it was very helpful to help me see that, okay, uh, steadfastness or long mm. steadfastness is emphasized there and it says let it have its full effect mm. well you know there, there's steadfastness that god is producing in my life in whatever the current trial is and so yes it often goes longer 
And sometimes it'll feel overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Do I do believe God gives us things that overwhelm us that happen mm-hmm. in the house of Paul. We see that in Second Corinthians 1. Mm-hmm. If a trial isn't overwhelming, then, okay, you can handle it on your own. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe you weren't really being tested there. Mm-hmm. But if the trial is so long that we're like the author's, in the book of Psalms, where they're crying out, how long, O oh Lord, how long? And yes, and eventually, they, we do get over them. Mm-hmm. And there's such a sweet peace, mm. such a wonderful fruit of righteousness, as it says. Mm. So, I'm not mm. really any question how long are the seasons. I think they will vary. Um, I think as a young Christian, God knows, you know, they've got to be a little bit shorter for you. Yeah. And yeah. as we get older and more mature, ah. you know, they, they, I think they might increase in length. Ah, that's a, that's a new thought to me. Ah, that's helpful. So when you're, if you were working with, a, you know, talking with a younger person, you might, you might even consider that. Like there's a, there's a sense for, you know, the Lord knows, I mean, the Lord knows our capacity. Yeah. I often think about, Um, press but not crushed. I've been thinking a lot about those words this last year as we've church planted and and we've gone through our fair share of trials. And, and I've just been thinking the, the imagery for me is, um, is some really small amount of space between pressed and crushed. Like, like if, like, you know, and sometimes maybe it feels like kind of large, but, but, then you don't really feel pressed. I think yeah. to feel pressed, it has to kind of really get down really small, that space. And and then somewhere between there and crushed is, is the Lord, I think, and, and his spirit. And, and he is kind of almost like, you know, yeah. Sam, like uh, Samson, like I think of that, right. Like just yeah. kind of holding it up really almost like, yeah. because, because if he steps out, then we are crushed. Yeah. You know, or if he steps out, then we're gone. Yes. But 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 he's it's like that spring that's just kind of compressing down. Um, that's the picture I get, and I've been thinking about that even again. What you said with seasons, and and maybe maybe as we age, maybe the capacity for the spring can go longer. I don't know. I, maybe so. Yeah. You know, maybe he just knows. Hey, uh, you know, you you know, I have you and. I know you are mine and we're just going to long suffer this yeah. a yes. little bit longer. Um, I don't know. Okay. So I, I know you've got to go really soon. So I want to, I want to kind of wrap up sadly, okay. but we, maybe we'll do this again, but yeah. um, quick question. Cause you're, you're a resource guy, I think. So what resources might you offer people that are going to listen yeah. On on how to how to keep going in the Lord, how to go forward in His name to to press on. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, first of all, I think uh, there are a lot of good resources out there, and um, uh, but I think it's important to choose the right ones. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if so much I'd give a list of here's my top ten books. I haven't put that together, but um. Uh, I get all sorts of books and resources suggested to me all the time to read or look at. I'm very selective. Mm-hmm. And, and typically what I do, I, I guess I just, um, if somebody suggests a particular book or whatever, I typically go to Amazon 
and I'll read all the reviews, the positive and critical ones, mm. and then I'll do a little background check on the author. Mm. Uh, just kind of find out what their theological bent is, mm-hmm. what their personal life like, that type of thing. And just so I know kind of what angle they're coming from. Because mm-hmm. if it's not the Bible, you know, everything's fallible. Everyone, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's more a thing I've learned to scrutinize the resources um, for as far as, uh, uh, you know, a, a list of resources. Uh, during my dark night of the soul, this is one book. I don't completely endorse everything he says, but Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Scazzaro. Mm-hmm. A lot of good things in there about the dark night of the soul and about, especially for American males, kind of being more in touch with who they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, he 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 grabbed some verses that use as proof text that I didn't think he should use. But, but other than that, he had some really good points that really hit me for where I was at. You know, sometimes a book, God will providentially, uh, yeah. it just hits you with it. Uh, mm-hmm. and other times, eh, you know, like I, like many years ago, there is this uh, popular book called Sacred Romance. Mm-hmm. And everybody's saying it's a really great book and all. And I think my wife and I read it, and I could hardly make it through. I said, this is this is just boring. And then, <laughs> <laughs> then we'll put that in the show notes for Mark Hagen thinks Sacred Romance was boring. <laughs> years later we were reading it we were um on a mini moon in, in florida and we were reading it and i was just there's parts of it i was just crushed and i was weeping and it was so helpful and impactful and just revealing some uh some i just think some dem- demonic strongholds in my life some lies i've been believing about not accepting myself and things like that and it was it was great so um you really want to trust God as we approach resources out of his providence. They're just timely. Are they from him? Uh, you know, are they good? That type yeah. of Okay. That's fantastic, though, even even what you said. If you – did you say you you don't have a top ten list? I, I don't. I okay, but if, if you might want to consider yeah. – because I know you've read some great books or been to – listen to some whatever, some great yeah. podcasts or something – but if you have things like that, um, the reference of a great doctor, you know, I don't, I don't know, just yeah, no. um, that would be awesome, and and I could pass yeah, that on to people. Here in closing, just off the top of my head, that yeah. have really helpful to me. Yeah. Have a oh yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I I really have felt like um, uh, I got it over here in the shelf. So Wayne Grudem's yeah. uh, Systematic Theology book. Yeah. It's yeah. very uh, uh, layman friendly. Again, I don't agree with 100% of everything in it, but he really ex- does a great job explaining. He starts out with the attributes of God and then just kind of gives an overview of systematic theology. Very good. I also have the um, Evangelical Dictionary of Theology, just to look up terms and history. And all. It's been a great uh, reference uh, for me as well. So those are a couple that I just go back to time and time again. And that mm-hmm. foundational in my life. I mean, besides just reading the scriptures and studying the word, those have been very helpful. Yeah, fantastic. They're they're both on my shelf over here to my right. So that, that I too love those resources. Um, okay, last question. Yeah. I, oh man, I I really do think we'll have to do this again. I, <laughs> I've, been, 
I've enjoyed this so much. Um, well, you really but, ought to get some of my family members and stuff. I mean, they they oh, are I've, entertaining. Yeah, I've got I got a list of people, and and we need to get uh, Kristen on if she's willing to um, to to help us all with our physical, mental, spiritual, emotional health. Yeah, because you know well, you and I are not as good at those things as, as she is. So. Um, but no, I really would. And and she I think she'd be interested in hearing some of our health goals for our church this year. So I'm yeah. I'm pretty excited to pass those on to her. But as you know, I, I'm I'm trying to do this podcast to encourage people we know primarily, but who knows who's gonna listen, but primarily Christians to go forward in the name of Jesus. That was my dad's saying. I don't know if you knew that or not, but that was one of the things he told me for almost 20 years, just on a regular basis. It, when we would part ways, he would just say, go forward in the name of Jesus. And I remember back in the time, I would think, eh, okay, whatever, dad. But as I got older and we got closer and, and I saw him walk with the Lord longer, it or, or wheel with the with the Lord, he was in a wheelchair. But um, that's a bad joke. But um, he, he uh, yeah, I just came to really appreciate those words. And so I've taken them on as my own and tried to pass them on to people as, as I'm parting ways with them as well. But so last question for you is, um, what what encouragement do you have? You kind of already talked about this, but what encouragement do you have to the friends listening to this podcast to go forward in the name of Jesus? Any, any kind of last encouraging words there? Uh, well, I, one, one thing that has helped me more than anything else and this is, uh, you know, it's going to sound very familiar, mm-hmm. very basic, but um, what really encourages me, what really helps me, I can't go a day without just getting up and reading the Bible, journaling, and praying. Mm-hmm. I, 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 there are days I just could not make it without that. I mean, right here's my journal right now, a bunch mm-hmm. of scribblings, you know. I, I just, uh, mm-hmm. it helps me so much to, uh, just to write down my raw thoughts from God. And I don't give these journals out. In fact, when I'm done, they go in the trash. Okay? Yeah. It's extremely personal and intimate to me and God, but it's helped so much for me just to, to it's, it's been so encouraging to me, and I would encourage all your listeners um, to, mm. um, to just just seek that time with the Lord. And, um, and as you alluded to in the beginning, even getting extended times with the Lord, yes. First time I did that, I didn't know how to do that. And fasting, I, you know, you just think, I'm hungry, whatever. Yeah. I hate this. But as you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Yeah. And those times of being alone with God, those are the best times of my life. Mm. Oh, thanks, Mark. That's really encouraging. I can tell you, I told our team about a week ago, something that encourages me and this is why I'm doing the podcast is there are people I know who are still walking with the Lord. And I know you've had chances to get off that road. Yeah. As you, as you alluded to earlier, as Peter had as well, but the Lord himself holds us near, draws us back to himself. And we still keep going by his grace. And that encourages me to know Mark Hagan is still walking with the Lord in Austin after all you've been through and will go through. So praise the Lord for that. Can I pray for you? Yeah, sure can. Okay. And then we'll, we'll be done. So father God, um, I thank you for my friend Mark and this short time together. I I do pray Lord for all of his endeavors. I I think of, um, of Psalm 90, just like that's just been on my mind for, about a year now, Lord, as I think about um, Moses's words that um, establish the works of our hands, and and in some ways, Lord, 
at 62, he, you know, maybe perhaps a lot of the things he, that we've talked about even could be in the past, but I believe firmly, Lord, as long as you give him breath, there are great works that you might also have him accomplish. And he talked about those with his family, with the grandkids, with this new job he's taken on, um, this new season that he's in. And Lord, we are grateful for that. Um, thank you for our friendship. Thank you for the years of fruitful ministry together. Thank you, God, for your spirit of um, inclusion and brotherhood and family that, that really is birthed from you. And it's your conception, your idea. And and I thank you, God, that you fulfill your desires. And so, Lord, you've brought uh, us two from different worlds together and kept us together for years. And I'm very, very grateful, grateful for that, Lord. I pray that Mark and uh, Kristen and the, the whole family, Lord, would know you really well, that this would be the best year of their life in you. And, uh, and I know Mark, I know Mark holds to the reality that every day is a day of mercy and newness of your experiencing your faithful love uh, to them. So God, I pray that you would bless and prosper them in every way that you desire and they would be intimately acquainted with you as you are with them. Uh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Uh, thank you for these moments. And I pray, God, that they really would go forward in your name. In your name we pray. Amen. I love you, Rudy. Thank love you. Love you, too. Grace to all the listeners there. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mark. Thanks for that time together, uh, just passing on your heart and your wisdom uh, to me and to all the listeners. So, um, again, I just very much appreciate you and your family and um, getting a chance to catch up on Skype was great for me. So thank you. Um, and to all the listeners here, uh, thanks for listening to the 1138 podcast. I do hope it's beneficial and encouraging you to go forward in the name of Jesus. Um, we're just starting this thing. So please subscribe. That would really um, help us to kind of keep this thing going. I'm going to uh, have a few more interviews coming in the weeks to come. So have a look out. If you subscribe, you won't miss it. So I do hope that it's beneficial and that you've enjoyed today's time together with me and with Mark as you've caught up with us. So have a great day. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening.